Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. You know, every year in the uh, archery and the bow hunting industry, you know, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of new products that come out. Uh, but every once in a while, there are some products that are so unique or different that they really make you stop and go, hmm, or it's like, man, I never thought of that. You know, case in point, a couple of years ago, uh, some of the crossbows that came out, it was a bow that was shooting um, 500 feet a second. There was another one that could shoot two shots. Well, um, this year, Faradine, through its covert optics line, has come up with a uh, an incredible array of products, thermal optics. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people may think, well, you know, it's not something I would have thought of for, for bow hunting, whether hunting with a bow or hunting with a crossbow. Uh, but we're very excited. We have Lucas Johnson from Paradigm today. Lucas, welcome to the to the Bow Hunting Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Now, you and I actually met on a hunt in Texas last spring. I want to say it was May or something like that. And you had sort of teased out this new uh, covert optics line as you were talking about some of the new things that will be coming out, uh, not only in 2021, but 22 and beyond. So uh, excited to have you on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, we're going to dive into these new products in just a second. But, you know, uh, people know covert for the excellent trail cameras you make. But uh, now you have the covert optics line. Talk a little bit about um, where the concept came for developing optics line in the, in the Faradine family um, and uh, how long you've been working on that. Yeah, so the biggest thing we work look for at Faradine is innovative ways to kind of fit a new consumer need. When we were looking at optics and thermals as a whole, we didn't really see much of an archery focus. So both the binos we came out with as well as the thermals, we felt like the archer had kind of been left behind in that market. So we wanted to come up with things that were, you know, compact, lightweight and durable, whether it's spot and stock hunting or up in a tree stand, you know, it's going to be out of the way when you're drawing your bow, um, but also high quality, affordable optics. So over the course of the last, you know, year, year and a half prior to the launch, we started working with the team to develop these optics and we're really excited with how they turned out. Now, uh, where are these optics made? Are they all made in the U.S.? Are they coming from different parts of the world? So all of the thermal optics are actually made over in California. They're made right here in the in the U.S. Um, our binos do get assembled overseas and then shipped here. Yeah, perfect. So you know you, you touched on this uh, very briefly here, but uh, you know the thing that really got our attention was that these are really products that are geared towards the bow hunter. So when, when you think of thermal optics, I mean, the first thing I thought of when, when, when I first saw the new line being rolled out was, okay, these are great if you're doing some uh, hog hunting or some predator hunting at night. But they're, And we'll talk about this a little bit, but there are also some practical applications um, for uh, bow hunters um, from scouting to game retrieval and things like that. But before we dive into all that, why don't you uh, uh, do a bit of a run through? Tell us what you have as far as the products that you're rolling out this year in the covert optics line? Yeah, so we have two categories within covert optics. We have our daytime optics, which is a eight by 42 and a 10 by 42 binocular that are gonna be an excellent clarity and really excel in those low light situations. Um, and then on the thermal side, we already have launched our handheld thermal scanner, as well as our thermal laser rangefinder, which also doubles as a bow site. Um, and as we're moving into Late this year into next year, we're also launching a thermal scope. 
Perfect. You know, it's, and that's a great way to, to start. Let's talk a little bit about that range finder. It's called the TRF, the Thermax TRF. Um, I had a chance to test that earlier in the spring. It's an incredible product. Um, I tried it out with my crossbow, but you call it a range finder, but it actually has a lot of different functions and capabilities, right? Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we kind of call it our do-all optic in the thermal line. It can be used as a handheld scanner looking for game. It can be used as your thermal laser range finder, but also as a sight on both a bow or a crossbow, depending on what your weapon of choice is. Um, so we have custom mounting brackets for that, and there are four different programmable reticles. Each pin, as we call it on the screen, can be moved individually to help sight in and Throughout that development process, the biggest thing we found was difficulty with the third axis when sighting this in on a vertical bow. So what we did was we went in and added a physical laser pointer that can, for legal purposes, only be turned on when it's in the setup mode, but it'll really help you when you're looking at the target see, okay, my pin's on the target, but is my third axis on? Because that was the toughest thing we found. So we did find a way to fix that to really make the user experience pretty easy and simple to set up. Yeah, no, and you know, uh, I tested that out on on my crossbow, and it's a couple of things that I found that I really liked. You have a, a variety variety of different color palettes, you know, so you can uh, adjust it for the ambient conditions, for for the lighting, for the temperature, and things like that. You also had a, a really great uh, refresh rate as far as um, refreshing of the uh, the sensor and of the screen. Um, and uh, I should mention you pointed out about the, the laser pointer. Uh, it's important that you check with your state's fish and game agency to make sure these are legal. These are so new uh, that you want to make sure that you can use them in the applications you're interested in. You know, usually for, for predator hunting, that may not be an issue, but if you can use it for deer hunting, you want to make sure you just double check the rules and regulations. But uh, walk through some of those um, uh, features on this, this range finder. We, we touched on them briefly, but like I said, I tested out and I was, I was pretty impressed with what you've come up with in a compact rangefinder that you can use uh, as a handhold, you can mount it to a, a, a site via mounting bracket uh, for your bow or your crossbow. But let's get in a little bit into the nitty gritty of how you put that model together. Okay. Yeah, and like you touched on a little bit there, we really wanted it to be customizable to any situation that they're in. So there's four different color palettes, depending on whether you're using this during the day or at night, as well as a adjustable brightness um, so that you can optimize the picture for any situation. Um, another feature obviously is the range finding itself. A lot of thermal optics that you had seen in the past had a form of range finding, whether it was, you know, showing images on the screen of how big a deer would look at these distances or two different lines to give you an understanding of how far it is. Whereas this is going to work just as your regular daytime laser rangefinder does. You're gonna hit the button, it'll send a laser out, it'll come back to the unit, and it'll tell you exactly how far away that is. Yeah, and obviously uh, a good practical situation would be in first light or right before dark, you know, you, it's just, uh, you know, those last few minutes of light, uh, and I've really learned as I've gotten older, it can be, be tougher to see, but you know, it would be a good thing to, to see if you wanna scan and see what's around you, whether you're in the tree, or if you wanna maybe check out the field. Uh, as you're heading into your stand, so you don't blow the the deer out of the field and things like that. But uh, um, so you know, it's it, it has a lot of applications as far as using it. Um, now, have you had a chance to hunt with this at all yet? I have. I was lucky enough to use this over the course of the last year. Um, and with the laser rangefinder itself, the biggest benefit we saw using it as a site was actually in hog hunting. Um, oftentimes, when you see them 
hunted with a rifle, you shoot once and they all start running. Well, when you're using it with either a crossbow or a vertical bow, you're able to shoot and, you know, the whole group of pigs doesn't freak out. They're not really sure what happened. So oftentimes you can get more shots off at a standing still group of animals when you're using an archery setup for hogs. Yeah. Now you, you, you mentioned you could set this up for a single pin setup uh, for a bow or a crossbow. You also have a, a, the axe crossbow line. You have the 405 and the 440, a great bow. I, I, I shoot uh, the 405. Um, you have a special setup that works with the, with your crossbows as well. Tell us how that all comes together. Yeah. So we have two bows in the axe line and we really wanted to cater, you know, these optics with that bow since they're both, you know, high end products. And so when you're going through your programmable reticles on the unit, you have the single pin, like you said, you also have a multi-pin for a vertical bow setup. But then the last two are already pre-programmed for our Axe 405 and our Axe 440. Um, so depending on which bow you have in your situation with the 405, if you went to reticle set three and put it on the bow, it would already be as close to sighted in as you can get across the board. You may have to adjust it a little bit, but for the most part, they'll already be pretty synced up. Yeah. And uh, obviously you're going to have to tinker with it on the range or at your backyard if you're shooting. But uh, um, I thought it worked incredibly well. I was excited when we had a chance to test it. And, um, you know, uh, if you don't mind, what's the uh, MSRP on that? What's the price on that? And is that available now? If somebody, uh, you know, is interested, we have a lot of people are listening to this program. If somebody wants to check that out, um, uh, is that available now uh, as well as the handheld scanner? Yep. So the range finder retails right at twenty five hundred bucks, twenty four ninety nine, and the scanner is going to be right at nine ninety nine. And we are shipping both of those now. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, jump into the to the uh, handheld scanner a little bit. Uh, let's talk. Tell us about that, and then also how you feel that fitting into the bow hunting world. What what people might be using that for, and things like that. Uh, that's obviously at a different price point, but it has a lot of practical applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the biggest thing is. Well, I guess the biggest difference is going to be there's no range finder on this one. It is a little bit smaller unit, but it's going to have the base or the same basic features and functions. It has the same four color palettes, the same brightness adjustment, and also a programmable reticle, whether you just want something to help you, you know, point at where you're looking. But it also can be weapons mounted to a crossbow um, with a 30 millimeter sight ring. Um, it does have that weapons mounted capability. Now, Biggest practical use for this unit, I think, is mostly in game recovery. We kind of refer to it as the tracking dog in your pocket because it's a very compact unit. But when you're out walking in the woods, you may not always see that deer tucked next to a log or in a bunch of brush. If you have this with you, you can hold it out in front and scan as you're walking. Um, and you might be able to pick up that heat signature you may not have otherwise seen with the naked eye. Yeah, and you've had a chance to try it out in that aspect, maybe where you were hog hunting or or something like that. Have you had a chance to use that one as well? Yep. So I've used it in both daytime and nighttime situations. Um, for the nighttime application, it's super convenient that if you you know you shoot a hog or a coyote or something, you don't have to turn on a bunch of spotlights to go find the animal. You don't have to bring your weapon with you and look through the site to try and find them. You can have this unit in your pocket and walk out there and quickly scan out in front of you and go find it without spooking, you know, other game in the area. And then in daytime situations, again, it was tracking a deer, um, took it with just hung it around our neck on a lanyard. And we were able to see an ear sticking up over a log that we probably wouldn't have caught just walking by. Yeah, no. Now, uh, you've obviously used both of these items 
when you had a chance to first test them, and, and, and I'm sure you were probably uh, involved in some capacity with the development of them, but when you first used them in applications in the field, what was the thing that surprised you or stood out the most? I think it was the image quality. Um, in my past experience, I hadn't really used, you know, high quality optics in the past. Um, you know, as a, as a college kid, you're kind of taking what you can get. And so to be able to have this compact unit and really see fine details out in the woods was pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, you also mentioned that you have a thermal scope that is going to be coming out later this year, or maybe the, if I heard you correctly, the beginning of next year. Um, but that's like the, the third part of the, um, the trio here, as far as your new thermal optics line, let's talk a little bit about that, um, thermal scope. I think that's the, the TS one. That's correct. Yeah, that's, that one is, we're super excited about this. It has a really unique feature in optical magnification. So a lot of times in the thermal world, world you have digital magnification and the drawback there is gonna be each time you magnify that image digitally, it cuts the pixels in half, which essentially cuts your image quality in half. Um, with the eight power optical magnification on the scope, you'll be able to zoom up to eight power without any sort of image degradation that you may see in other scopes. So you're, you're saying that the, the uh, resolution or the, the clarity should be pretty good. You're not going to uh, have a lot of uh, really bad imagery as you're uh, maneuvering the scope or manipulating the magnification. Yeah. So it, it'll come as a native power of three X and you'll be able to magnify it all the way out to eight X magnification. And throughout that process, the image quality will stay the same. Yeah. Now, um, Obviously, when you think of scopes, you think of uh, using them on firearms. In this case, we're talking about these were designed specifically with bow hunting or uh, crossbow hunting applications in mind. I was just curious, does, does, will this scope work on both or is it just specifically for crossbows? This will work on both crossbows as well as uh, firearms. It won't be able to be used with a vertical bow, but with crossbows and firearms, both it'll work perfectly fine. Yeah, no, and and um, um, you know, when you get into some of the the nitty gritty, the um, we talked a little bit about the magnification and the clarity. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the sensor and the refresh rate and things like that. Does it have the same kind of color palette as maybe the um, rangefinder might have? Yep. So it's going to have the same color palettes again and brightness adjustments. We have that in the line across the board, um, and to help keep these units compact with the archer in mind we used a micro thermal core that helped us keep the unit smaller as well as you know lightweight but really we were still able to keep that same image quality in thermal applications now what are the dimensions of that scope Can you think of scopes uh, they can they can be pretty long or they can be pretty compact what are the dimensions of that scope and what does it weigh or what are you expecting to get away when it comes out it's going to be it's going to come in at about seven inches long um and it's going to be, you know, about a pound. It's not going to be too heavy. You're not really going to notice it on the scope or excuse me, on the crossbow. Um, but it, it does have a very compact and I think it looks, you know, from an aesthetic standpoint, it has a pretty slick design as well. And is that going to be um, pretty easy to establish on your crossbow, just like the rangefinder is? Are you going to have different settings or is that going to be more manual adjustments and things like that? So from actually getting it on the crossbow, it will come with a built-in quick detach mount. Um, so any tack rail that for the most part, all crossbows come with, you'll be able to click it right into place. 
Um, and then it does have a couple adjustable features for the reticles, whether that be a single reticle, multi, but it'll also have a, a picture in picture feature like you see on those long range scopes where, you know, you can see the reticle here and then up at the top of the screen, there will also be a further zoomed in digital image of where that reticle is actually pointed. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance, have you had a chance to hunt with this? scope yet or is it still in the production phases or um, I, I i know you've been working on this for quite a while so i didn't know if you had a chance to maybe test out a couple of the prototypes on a hunt i've been able to use it for its scanning function um i personally have not used it on a, on a weapon just yet but i know that the people that have been pretty impressed yeah now now um again i want to uh, let everybody who's listening to the podcast know obviously these are so new. You want to make sure that you check out uh, with your fish and wildlife agency in your state what applications you can use these for. Um, but, you know, certainly we're talking a bit about hog hunting, predator hunting, whether you hunt for coyotes or foxes, a lot of great applications. You may be able to use them in other instances as well. But uh, um, has uh, maybe any of your pro staff or anybody on the Faradine staff use this for anything, say, um, if you've been hunting for uh, anything else, such as maybe deer, or maybe if you, when you were in Texas, did anybody try them out on any of uh, the ranches down there for exotic game or anything like that? Has anybody tried them in those type of situations? Yep. So we've done a couple of exotic hunts with them, and some of my coworkers have been able to harvest uh, black bucks as well as odd Um we haven't had anybody find a place where it's legal to shoot white-tailed deer with them on a weapon. That's mostly been the game recovery feature. Um, but we have been able to use them in both daytime and nighttime settings. Yeah. And I have to mention, you talked a couple of times about using it for the game recovery. Uh, and the handheld scanner and the rangefinder are both really small and compact. You touched on that very early on in our conversation. Easily slip, uh, slip into your pocket uh, or a pack pocket. Um, very, very lightweight, very comfortable to use. Uh, and, and I do want to mention with that, if I remember correctly, with that rangefinder, very easy to operate with just a couple buttons on the top of it. Yep, that'll be all of our optics that we have thus far. They all have a three-button user interface. Um, makes it simple there's not you know 15 buttons all over the scope or the range finder and we make it you know simple startup guide that takes you through you know if you hold this one it'll take you to the menu if you click this one it'll change the color and etc so it it's a simple user interface and i find it pretty easy to use now um as as you're rolling these out what are you hearing from the community like from maybe predator hunters hog hunters or people excited about these yeah people are you know it's it's a new market, the the thermal archer. So it's taken some time for people to really get a hold of you know all the capabilities that they have. But those who have been able to use them and get their hands on some have been really impressed. Yeah, awesome. Now uh, we may be jumping the gun here, but uh, as you work on um, this covert optics line, uh, you mentioned you have the high quality um, crystal clear optics for the binoculars. You have these thermal products. Uh, are you thinking about anything else down the road that you could maybe tease or tell us about, or is your focus right now on on getting these in the hands of the the hunters and the bow hunters who are interested in them and making sure that you have the best product line out there right now? Yeah, so we're kind of approaching that in two kind of two lanes here. Really, like you stated, we're trying to get the word out about these, you know, the thermal archer as well as a high quality bino, but we don't want to lose sight of the fact that we need to round out this line. There are a lot of you know, products that we can bring to market that would fit more consumer needs. So 
we're working on developing a few more items right now, as well as, you know, listening to customer feedback on the items that we have and maybe areas where we're missing something so that we can really build this into an archery focus optic line. No, awesome. And, and, and I should mention, if you want to learn more about the covert optics line, uh, go to ferradyne.com. Um, that's F-E-R-A-D-Y-N-E, Faradine.com. And, and the Faradine family has a tremendous line of products. Uh, just to mention a few, they have Muzzy. Um, they have um, Carbon Express Arrows. We talked about the Axe Crossbows and obviously the Covert Cameras and the Covert Optics line. But, uh, uh, you know, before we talk about some of the other new things in the Covert family, um, you know, uh, you and I met last year, as I mentioned, but uh, you obviously are pretty passionate about hunting uh, and, you know, archery hunting. What are your favorite things to hunt? Uh, where have you had a chance to travel since you've been with Ferradon? Where are some of the things you've done as far as your, your bow hunting? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, so I have a little bit of an addiction to whitetail hunting, but been lucky enough with Ferradon to, you know, go do some spot and stock elk hunting. Been obviously with you down to Texas for some exotics, which was something completely new to me. Um, as well as deer hunting in other states, you know, Minnesota, Kentucky, I've been doing some coyote and hog hunting now that we have the thermals. So it's provided me a lot of really great opportunities to not only work in something I'm passionate about, but also be able to experience it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you know, I think, you know, when you think of the Faradine products, you know, the original covert were the covert cameras, you have the, the, the trail cameras and not to put you on the spot here, cause we weren't going to talk about this, but you're always unveiling some new cameras in your line. What does covert trail cameras have new for this year? Yeah. So we have three new cameras this year, um, two on the wireless side that really help us kind of round out the wireless camera line as a whole. Uh, the first one being our WC 20, it's going to be our entry level camera. It, you know, it's taking super high quality images, has the same app communication that everybody's come to love with, with Covert. And it's, you know, it's a really affordable unit, which is not something Covert has had historically. Um, then to complement that, we also launched a new high-end model this year, the Code Black Select. And that's playing on our Code Black and Black Hawk models from years past that have kind of been the flagship units for Covert. What we did this year was combine them into one. It just gives the consumer the option to choose whether they're using a, you know, a Verizon or an AT&T network, but it also is jam-packed with features like 4K video, GPS, real-time photos, as well as all the other app communications. And then we have one last new camera this year that's going to be the MP30. That's on the non-wireless side. And so that uses the same housing as our MP16 camera. That's always been our most you know, our favorite of customers for our non-wireless side. And so it hadn't kind of gotten a makeover in quite some time. So what we did this year was use the same housing and really just improved both the megapixels, the internal display screen size, as well as our video up to 4K. Yeah, now some of the, the features of cameras that uh, bow hunters might be interested in. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, at least on the high-end model and the uh... MP30, the, the trigger speeds, as far as, you know, uh, and the flash uh, range and things like that. Uh, where do those fall on those cameras? Yeah, so across the board with our cameras, we try to get to at least, you know, an 80 to 100 foot flash range so that if you're putting it over a, a clover field or a food plot, you have the ability to catch them when they're maybe walking on the far side. Um, and over the last few years, we've really worked on kind of optimizing both the trigger speed and the field of view, as well as the field of detection. 
something we had seen in the past was maybe the trigger speed was faster than the field of view could capture. So you were getting pictures of noses or tails of deer either entering or leaving the screen. Uh, so really what we focused on this year was not only a fast trigger speed, but optimizing that angle of view so that when you're getting that image of a deer, it's most likely going to be in the middle of the image. That's a really good point because uh, there's a lot of great cameras out in the market, but uh, I have another several cameras that have a fast trigger speed, but they're capturing the very front of that deer or the very tail of the deer. And so that's an interesting point you bring up. And that's a great feature that uh, that people are really going to love. And obviously, I'm guessing the cameras work on on both the AT&T and uh, Verizon networks. That's correct. Yeah. Um, now, are those out now or are they are they coming out? Yep. No, we are shipping all three of those new products this year right now. So you can get them either in stores or at our website that you mentioned, paradigm.com. And what's the price range on those? Or what's what's the range of the three different cameras? Yeah, so the MP30, that's going to be right at $99.99. Um, we also offer that in a combo pack with batteries and SD cards for $139. Then we have the WC20, which is right at $130, $129.99. And then the Code Black Select is going to be right at $250. Awesome. You know, now, now we're, we're sitting here um, for anybody who's listening. Uh, we're right in the middle of summer. We're in the dog days of summer here in the uh, third week of July uh, as this airs. Uh, but I got to ask you, where are you planning on hunting or what are you planning hunting this fall? Bow hunting, whether with your bow, with your crossbow, what are you looking forward to doing come September, October, November? Yeah, so the, the two biggest things that I have planned right now are both whitetail hunts. Um, I was lucky enough to draw a Kansas tag this year, so I'm going to go end of October out there and, you know, have my first trip to Kansas, which I'm pretty excited about. I hope to get back down to Kentucky whitetail hunting again this year, but now that I'm back in Wisconsin, I've, I've never really focused on trying to do some public land hunting. And so I think this, this fall, especially early, I'm going to really, you know, try my hand at finding a good buck on public land here in Wisconsin. Now I have to ask you, we're going to go off topic a little bit. I was out to Buffalo County, which is probably your most, uh, renowned county for deer hunting in the in the state last fall it was an incredible experience i was what I always, I always say and as a matter of fact you know it's interesting to me when i first started bow hunting back in the late 80s and early 90s wisconsin was the first state that i ever thought of whitetail hunting outside of pennsylvania just because i knew you had such a rich history and tradition up there and so i had a chance to go to the restaurant it was, it was pretty exciting to knock something off my bucket list i didn't get a deer i had a big one come by i just couldn't get a shot at it and um but uh you mentioned trying to do some public land hunting. I live here in Pennsylvania. We have a lot of public land as far as acreage. How's your public land system out there from what you know? And I, I'm guessing you hunted mostly private land, but you're looking to tackle the DIY public land angle this year. Yeah. Growing up in Southern Wisconsin, you know, we've always had friends that are farmers that had plenty of land to hunt, um, as well as good family friends that always offered the opportunity for us to hunt with them. Um, but the public land system here is, you know, it takes a little bit of e-scouting on the computer to, you know, find good tracks of land. But I found some pretty big parcels up here in, you know, north central Wisconsin that I'm pretty excited to be able to go hike around and check out and, you know, find out if I can find any deer sign or, you know, a good oak flat to set up on. But overall, I've been, now that I've researched it a little bit, pretty impressed with the amount of public opportunities there are in Wisconsin. And I've got to ask you, are those uh, fairly um, close to your home? Are you talking about an hour drive or are you talking about a three-hour drive? Yeah, no, there's um, some parcels that are pretty close, you know, within a half hour. Um, 
but depending on where you are in the state, it may be a little bit longer drive. If you're, you know, if you're closer to the Madison area, you know, bigger cities, you're going to have a little bit further drive. I'm a little bit more rural over here in Eau Claire, but it, it's for the most part, a not, not, not an undoable thing. I'll say you can make the drive. Yeah. Well, um, I wish you luck when you get out this fall. Uh, hopefully you'll, um, get a brute when you go to Kansas. And hopefully you have uh, some good success if you check out those public parcels in, in your home state. But uh, let's bring this back home. So uh, you have the brand new covert optics line that you brought out there. Sure. You have uh, high quality binoculars, uh, great optics. You also have the um, thermal line with the rangefinder, the thermal scope, and the handheld scanner. The uh, scanner and the rangefinder are out now. Um, and that rangefinder uh, is built to specifically for bow hunting applications. So uh, you can use it on your bow or your crossbow, obviously, um, predator hunting, hog hunting. Um, and then later this year, early next year, you can have that thermal scope come out. Is there anything else you wanna talk about as far as that new covert optics line uh, that you're rolling out this year and early next year? I think the biggest thing is, you know, getting out to your local retailers and taking a look through all these optics. I think that, you know, like I said, it's kind of a new market, but once consumers get them in their hands, I think they're going to be really impressed with how they turned out. Awesome. And, and yes, absolutely. You're listening to the podcast. If you're interested in what we're talking about today with this new thermal optics line, and, and I should mention, and I don't think we touched on this, your rangefinder. Um, am I correct? That's the first thermal optics rangefinder for bows ever? Correct. Yeah. So these are really unique products, brand new for this year. You can't check them out. Um, uh, like Lucas said, you visit your local retail or your local um, archery shop. I'm sure you're going to start seeing them pop up in there. Or you can go on the Faradine website. But uh, if you're an, uh, a passionate predator hunter, hog hunter, or you want to just try something different as far as archery hunting um, for predators or hogs, um, make sure you check out the Covert Optics line on the Faradine website. Um, that's all we have for you today. But uh, Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck when you get out this fall. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Bow Hunting Podcast. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com. <laughs>